Welcome back to the D2 Nation podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your co-host, Wayne Cavati, and joining me, as always, is the great Bethany Bowman. Welcome back, Bethany. Thanks, Wayne. Yep, good to be back and excited for another episode of the D2 Nation. Yeah, yeah, and we were on the basketball court last week, but we're returning to the football field this week. Uh, Bethany, I, I, I did tease a little a bit last week that the regional, the first regional rankings of the season weren't necessarily rankings. They were more of an alphabetical list. But after arguably the craziest weekend in D2 football that I've covered over the last five years this past Saturday, we do now have a little clarity and actual rankings in those regional rankings. Yes, and for the most part, there are a lot of familiar faces at the top, but finding its way into Super Region 2 as well, one of the best stories, I'd say, of the season so far. Joining us today is Limestone Saints head coach Mike Furry and star running back Trey Stewart. Welcome to the nation, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So we always like to start and make it easy at the beginning, and Coach, we're going to start with you. Um, this is actually an exciting episode for me because this is the first time in our D2 Nation history I could say that someone on my fantasy football team is on the show, okay? You you have had a crazy story to get to here again because you were here already, right? So um, you are a walk-on on Ohio State. On Ohio State. You are an All-American at Northern Iowa, the XFL, the Arena Football League, a seven-year career in the NFL, you coach Limestone, you go to coach the NFL, and now, boom, you're back here. Talk us through a little bit about how you wound up, in particular, at Limestone and D2 in, in general. Yeah, you know, when I uh, when I had a chance to retire after playing the NFL, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. And uh, just to make a long story short, I don't want to take away from what our team has been doing, but, um, you know, what? when I had a chance to become a, an assistant coach at Marshall University, my job was to recruit South Carolina. Uh, I've always had an itch to really become a head football coach because, you know, when you want, I feel like I've been blessed enough and been around enough to have, have learned kind of how I would want to run a program based on the morals and values that I believe in. And uh, so I've always had a that itch to be a head football coach. And while I was recruiting in, in South Carolina, as I was the coach at Marshall, uh, came known to a, a school called Limestone University and Limestone College at the time. And uh, because of my recruiting around this area and the football that's up in, you know, in South Carolina uh, and my ties, it just made sense to become the head football coach here at Limestone at a startup program. And and uh, we loved it down here um, throughout my journey. I had made a lot of friends and a lot of teammates. And one of them was a guy by the name of Matt Nagy. And Nags called uh, when he got the head job in Chicago and really didn't give me a choice. Just said, welcome to the Chicago Bears. And. At that time, uh, you know, at that time, I thought maybe it would be a good move. Um, but for four years, I always kind of wanted to go back and be a head football coach. And and Limestone reopened back up here uh, just six, seven months ago. And Limestone called and the opportunity presented itself. And, and here we are. I do have to throw a shameless plug in because Matt Nagy is a former Delaware Blue Hand like <laughs> myself. So I'll just put that up there. Anyway. I heard enough of that every single day of my life being around <laughs> Nice. So, Trey, how about you? If the stats on your bio are right, you rushed for more than 3,000 yards and 40 touchdowns as a senior right down the road from another D2 program at Winston-Salem. What was your recruiting process like, and then what made you decide on Limestone? Um, coming out of high school, I wasn't, like, heavily recruited, so I had a coach that coached here last year. He was recruiting me for, like, over a couple months, and I came and visited, and I just fell in love with it. 
Cool. Yeah. What's been your favorite part so far about being there? My friends. <laughs> My teammates. Yeah. yeah. This is the we, most he's ever talked, so we're we're I can't wait for the rest of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're gonna give him a little break because because we're gonna go to you. You know, you you came back, and whenever you take over a program, even if you've been there before, you know, a few years before, there there's your fair share of bumps and bruises. And obviously, for people that don't know, the reason that Bethany and I find your story this year so phenomenal is not only did you set the single season record for wins last season, and as you mentioned, it's still a really young program. So you set the single season record for wins last season, but you did it after going 0-9 last year, right? And it's just this turnaround that seems like it, it took that. So we need to talk about what changed in the program because it has to be more than talent, right? So take us through kind of were you expecting to be where you are right now uh, that coming into this year and what makes it so special right now? Yeah, you know, it's uh... – when you take the job as late as we did in the spring, you know, the first thing you need to do is come in and evaluate the kids that you have. And, and I think your, your point Wayne is, is where, you know, you don't really come in and, and really so much evaluate talent as much as you come in and you evaluate, evaluate kids that you believe that will allow your, your program to become successful uh, attitude wise, character wise, uh, you know, just the, the decision-making um, the work ethic uh, the demeanor, the passion that they have to be successful in life. And so there's a lot of things that we we have talked about this from day one. There's a lot of things that you can accomplish in life without being talented. And so that was kind of our message early when we got here. And, and uh, so we wanted to assess the guys that we felt would be the right guys that be, you know, that want, that could be a part of our program. That was here from last year, uh, bring in some transfer kids uh, and then bring in some more freshmen as much as we could uh, as late as late as we were in the game, but still at the same time find out you know the guys that were out there. And I think bringing in a good mixture of kids with the kids that uh, have come back from last year that uh, have not had a lot of success here. I mean, it's, it's not a secret. Uh, they know it's not a secret. But at the same time, I think when you when you're a, when you're a co when you're the head coach, I, I believe it's it's one thing to go coach, and then it's one thing to rely on talent. Uh, I think when you rely on talent, you get beat. And I think when you go coach and you and you surround yourself with a bunch of coaches that are very passionate about impacting men, then I think you're going to give your chance. You're you're going to give your yourself, your program, an opportunity to compete week in and week out. And then when you can compete, if you can get a couple wins and stack a couple wins. There goes your confidence. Now your confidence comes up. Now your program starts running, and all of a sudden you find yourself at six and three, ranked number nine in the region, and. And, uh, you know, now you're playing in these last two, these last two games that we're about to play are very meaningful. And, um, and so I think it's been, it's been awesome to see our kids buy into the structure. Uh, I challenged our kids from day one for them to create our culture. I don't think coaches create culture. I think players do. And, um, and it's been pretty neat for these guys to, uh, and, and, you know, we got, we got, we got one guy sitting right here who's, went from 25, you know, 25 carries last year for 100 yards, I think it was, you know, his first year here, to now he's got, what, over 140-some carries. He's got over almost 1,100 yards rushing. He's got 13, 1,400 yards of all-purpose shards. Um, you know, he's up for all these things that he, you know, these accolades. But at the same time, he's just taking a stride for stride because he's believing in the structure of our program, and he's coming to work every day. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, you know, things are obviously so different for not only the program, but for Trey. Obviously, a huge season for you. You had a nice freshman year, but 
this year is different. You're seventh in D2 <laughs> and rushing and have had some monster performances. What is different for the offense for you this season? And was there a moment that you realized that you had something special? Um, I feel like when they came in the spring, everybody like bought in. So like we came together as a team and was like, we could actually play football and have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, Trey, just talk about, I guess, uh, now that the culture is a little bit different and you've got all these guys bought in, how that's helped, you know, not only yourself, but each other. And it probably isn't so much, even though you're a leader, you know, you feel like you've got other guys that you can you can go to, too. Uh, I feel like it's a couple guys on the team that, like, that's more vocal than I am. I'm more so, like, a leader by example, I could say. I could say. So, sure. you know, like, yeah. What was it, like 350-yard game or something? You had some crazy game. So you got to – I'm not taking anything away from you. I've watched you run. You're good. But you got to give some props to the to the O-line. Do you think the O-line's a little bit improved this year? Is that one of the bigger strengths for the offense right now? Yeah, the O-line is, like, a big part of our game for real because they help us throw the ball and run, I feel like. No, yeah, so- don't give credit when credit is due. They, like, literally move people for them. He's a, he's a man of few words, but he lets his uh, play on the field do the talking, Wayne. They sure, he sure does. Um, so this is the most I've ever heard him talk. So there we we'll, we're going to put him to the pretty desk. even keel too. So you know, you just don't know if the lights on or not uh, in regards if he's ready, but he's ready to go. <laughs> so Trey, let's talk a little bit about heading into last week's game, right? Um, obviously, we taught you're six and three. Um, Bethany and I always rave about the South Atlantic Conference. That in every sport, we've always said it's one of the most underrated, right? And, and there's so much good talent in there. And, you know, like we said, you know, you, you did lose to Wingate and you did lose to Lenore Ryan. So you kind of had – this was a must-win, right? Or, or, or pretty much the season was over. Trey, for you, how did you approach that game? Um, you know, Coach said you're pretty even keeled. Did you personally or the team approach that game differently than any other game? Was it like a playoff type feeling? Or do you just take, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but is is every game just the next game? What was the motions going into that game last week? Nah, we knew we had to win coming off the loss to Wingate and then Wingate beating Lenore Ryan. So we knew it was a must win game for us in order to have a chance to make the playoffs the More preparation, the, okay. the preparation we prepared the same but it was more so like we we're more focused and dialed down in practice did you eat yeah. anything different before that game or was it just the same old pregame meal it was the same pregame meal <laughs> there's no superstitions flying around the locker room that, that are responsible for the uh the change in the performance this year no, no, nah, no superstition. Just play football. I've been playing it since I was young. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, sorry, last there. Okay, coach. Sticking with that game, arguably the biggest win in program history, taking down the nationally ranked Wolves. What were you able to take away from that game, and how did it feel to be able to get a victory like that? Well, I, it, it is huge for our program. Uh, you know, when you well, number one, it's it's in state, so you're talking about recruiting. Now that uh, if we can go down there on their homecoming at their place and one compete, two uh, win the game. Now you're talking about uh, the recruiting in the state in the state of South Carolina. You know you you need to think about where you want to go and and uh, and that's that's 
it's easy to say now when you win, but that's, you know, obviously that's, that's how it works in our business. Um, I think the biggest thing though, is, is when you go down to an environment like that against one of the, what I feel, and, and I'm with you, Wayne, I, ever since I've come back, uh, I believe the SAC is one of the best conferences in the country, but in regards to that, I think that our side, our side of the conference is by far got to be one of the toughest uh, four or five team uh, side. It's, it's unbelievable. When you talk about Wingate, when you talk about Carson New, I mean, when you talk about Lenore Ryan, you talk about Limestone, uh, it's just uh, week in and week out. Um, it, it's unbelievable. And so, um, you know, when we ended up losing the Wingate, I think it was kind of a, I think our guys responded pretty good, Bethany, in regards to hold on time out. We can play with people in this conference. Um, and so when you go down to, you know, when you go down to a Newberry on their field, uh, they open up the, the kickoff, returning it back to our nine yard line. Our defense goes out and has a three and I mean, a really a four and out. Uh, they didn't end up, try, you know, messed up a field goal. And all of a sudden we go down and move the ball and, and uh, we're scoring points and then it's back and forth. I think our guys kind of learned through that game. Number one, going into the game, they knew we could win. But I think they gained a lot of confidence as we started playing the game that, yeah, we can, we're, we're playing against a really good football team, and we're pretty good too. And then uh, I think at that time, you know, in order for your program to grow, you have to have some of these games. And uh, it's better to win them than lose, but at the same time, it's good to be able to compete. And I think that's what our kids have really been searching for since they've got, you know, since they've gotten here is just to have a chance to compete and win. And um, that, that that game this past weekend is, uh, to me, looking back here in probably four or five years from now, will be the staple win in this program and how this program had completely made a turn to where now we are, will be competitive week in and week out. And um, it'll be a, it's, it's going to be beneficial for a lot of kids around the state to start coming to Limestone University. Yeah, definitely putting yourself on the map and, and, uh, unfortunately for you, coach, it means more work because now you're setting the bar even <laughs> higher at, from year to year. But I mean, I, that's what you're in the business for, right? <laughs> yeah, you you really are, and that's why that's why you play football. You know, that's why you recruit. That's why you you know, it's why you uh, you know what's what's neat, Wayne, is when you when you look at that though. What I what I think is it just it, what a great opportunity for more kids to have a chance to just go to college and play football in a great conference, compete week in and week out. Every every week, every week is. A, I mean, we're we're getting ready to play against Barton, who's two and six. Barton's lost like five out of the six games by like one point. Like it's not like it's not like there's a lot of teams in this league that are bad. And so, but um, but to your point, it does help in, in all facets of you know getting kids in here and and kids wanting to play and kids looking forward to playing on weekends. And you know these guys got something to play for over the next couple of weeks, which is really neat, really special for our school. Cause it's never been like that. But uh, I told our kids today, as much as, you know, they've, they've earned it, they deserve it. Uh, it's been given to us, but much is required and we got to get back to work. Mm -hmm. and, and, and coach, not to make you blush or anything, but I, I think one thing that needs to be discussed um, that I think probably has a reflection of, of the way you coach is that you've always been a guy, I call them the good guy awards, right? The Walt, you've always been an, a nominee for the Walter Payton award, the JB award, things like that. Things that, the good guys get right, and, and when you look at it, this isn't the first time you've turned around a program as a coach. You've done it before, right? Being one of those good guys is that something you look for in the people that you're recruiting, and does that help build the culture that gets everybody on this page and, and gets you so successful so quickly? 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, we, we really do have one. We have we really have one thing that we look for in our kids. Uh, we want kids that want to come play for us. Uh, that, that's what we want. We, we don't I don't want to go out there and have to babysit a kid and talk a kid to coming in and play for us. Because I don't I just don't think you're going to get everything they have. I think when you get a kid that wants to come here and wants to play for us, uh, our only rule here is to do what? Right. Do right. That's all we do. It's the only rule that we have. Do right. We treat people right. You talk to people right. You go to class. You do things right. Uh, you pick up after yourself. You, we're, we're, we're teaching. Our staff is teaching life lessons. And, uh, and and but to your point, you have to buy into that. You have to accept that. You have to grow up. You got to mature. Some kids want to do that. And some kids don't. Um, but to your question, we will recruit kids like that. But I also think some of the greatest stories in coaching is when you do have kids that come in that need that structure, that have never had that structure, uh, that earn, you know, yearn that structure, but yet don't know how to go get it. And now all of a sudden you've got a kid that you can change around and is is so thankful uh, for what you're doing and the structure of your program and being involved in that. And now they get to grow up and now they can make a difference. I think now you have a heck of a football player. And so bringing all those kids together is what I believe is the best way to build a program. I think it's the best way to build a team and our, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to our guys. I mean, they, they've bought into that and, and they're seeing the results from it. Yeah. And Trey, you obviously have a very good coaching staff all around, but there are former NFL players on this staff, something not a lot of players at the level can say, how does that help having a couple of guys that have, been through the ups and downs, guiding you as you grow through this game too. Um, it's great because they like been there before, so they know what it takes to get to that level, and they hold us to that standard. Do they ever get in on any drills with you too? <laughs> Always. <laughs> how, how are they stacking up? Um, better than them. I mean, no. <laughs> it's telling the story. Defense be killing them. And offense be killing him too. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, and that that leads into our next question because, Coach, you did you did it both, right? Like you started your career um, as a safe or a defensive back of safety, and then you switched to wide receiver in the NFL, and you had this this great year. But you know, trickling down to where you are now, you know, years later to a coach, how does that help you? I guess in all aspects, right? Recruiting, you you have better vision than these. Some of these coaches are just so offense. You know, I want this, this, this. But you see the whole game. How how has that helped you as a player now as a coach? Yeah, you know, it's it's. I'm, I'm so fortunate because, uh, as you mentioned, I, I've played all three facets uh, at the highest level, and uh, I've had some success at all three areas. And so, um, but I had to. You know, I had to. I had to study. Um, I had to prepare. I had to learn defenses. I had to learn offenses. I had to learn special teams. I had to in order to make it. And so, um, but having having had to go through all that, to me, again, three or four you know years left in my career, it wasn't about playing for the Cleveland Browns or playing for the Detroit Lions or the or or whatever. It was all. It was to me. It was in the summertime training these kids because of what I had to got what I got a chance to do for a living. And so to be able to have that knowledge and all that experience, um, it, it gives me great joy every day to go out to practice, knowing that I can get involved in every area. You know, I can go over and talk to him about pass pro. I could go over, talk to him about ball security. I can go to our defense and talk about angles and tackling and special teams in regards to. So to me, I'm just so fortunate to be able to have that. Um, 
but again, that also that's that's the urge of becoming a head coach. So now you can have your hands on all three phases, and I think it's been beneficial uh, for our kids. But the coolest thing about our our team, uh, uh, our staff, is the fact that we do have we have what four or five guys uh, that have played in the National Football League, and um, there, there's just instant there, there there's instant respect between the player and the coach. Um, and there's there's much a lot of knowledge that the players just want to learn because those guys have done it. But to the credit of our staff, they've let it go of their egos. They have uh, they don't talk about what they've done. Um, players ask them because they want to know. And then our guys use their experiences to teach. And I think that's the biggest thing. And it's allowed these guys to have a great relationship with our players. But there is a lot of trash talking and. Uh, we will never let those guys, uh, those guys win. I love that aspect of it. I love that aspect of it. How did you round up this coaching staff? Had you coached with uh, some of the guys anywhere else and brought them with you or how did it all come together? Yeah, we, it, everyone is a story. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a crazy story to be honest with you, Wayne. I mean, it's, it's every one of them is crazy, but uh, Anthony Hargrove, nine years in the NFL Super Bowl. Uh, his wife contacted my wife in regards to possibly uh, having a kid that we could possibly recruit. My wife thought it was a recruit. And so uh, my wife actually thought it was Anthony Hargrove, not a player. So I actually called Anthony and said, Hey, you, you, you want to come to Limestone? And he said, yeah, I'll come to Limestone. And two weeks later, he told me that his wife was actually contacting my wife about a player of his, not him himself. And so, but we ended up with Anthony. Uh, I had turned down another job. Uh, the day before I took this job, I had turned down another job. Um, and when I turned that down, the coach, uh, said, I, okay, you're going to Charlotte area. There's a guy in Charlotte. His name is Jericho Cotri that, uh, that's, you know, looking to coach. And so I called Jock and, and I said, Hey, this is Mike Furry. You probably have no idea who I am and, but I know who you are. And uh, he's like, well, hold on time out. I used to study you and I know who you are. And I said, well, hold on. I know who you are. And I said, Hey, it's match made in heaven. Come coach wideouts. And Jordan Tomlin reached out to us the same kind of way. Uh, seven years in the NFL running back. And then Nate Garner reached out just because he kind of hadn't heard what was going on seven years in the NFL played offensive line. And so um, now that, that doesn't mean they can coach uh, because you got to get rid of your egos. You got to get rid of your selfishness. Nobody cares about what you've done. It's about what these kids can do and what these kids can't, you know, what these kids are doing. So you got to be able to remove that. And, uh, but you got to be able to teach the game. Also, uh, you got to be able to want to impact kids. And that's what I'm super proud about those guys. Uh, they've removed their egos and their careers um, and uh, has really made it about these guys. And I think our, our team has definitely benefited from that. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you could tell that it's um it's a fun team to watch. Right. And it's, you could tell that, you know, just from talking to you that it, it's a team really cherishing what they're doing. Right. And that's, that's, that's something really special, I think. And I, I think it, it's a reflection of the great players that you're recruiting sitting next to you, but also absolutely you guys deserve credit as a coaching staff. I think it's a reflection of the whole thing just coming together at the right time. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy to sit back right now. Now we're not done. We, we, I think in, when we're done, when, when the NCAA calls us and says, Hey, you're in or you're out or, or whatever it is. Uh, or, or if we get in and when our season's over, I think we'll look back and we'll say, well, hold on time out. You know, it's, you know, we all kind of came together for the first time, what, six, seven months ago. Nobody knew each other. Uh, they were coming off an 0-9 season, and uh, nobody knew him. Uh, I, I remember calling him. I remember calling you uh, before training camp. 
And I told Trey, because he didn't know he was a starting running back. And I called Trey and I said, listen, I mean, don't let my expectations be bigger than your expectations, but you're our starting running back. And you got to put some pounds on and you got to get ready to go. And, and uh, you know, and how here we are seven months later, it's, uh, it's, a, it, it's a pretty cool story. Definitely is. Definitely. This question's for both of you, but we'll start out with you, Coach. Just as you're versatile on the field, coaching multiple positions, you're also versatile at the many different levels that you've seen, Division One, Two, you know, NFL, CFL, all those things. So what makes Division Two special for you? Well, you know, um, we were here in 2016 and 17, and uh, we had a young man named Vincent Smith who uh, played wide out here at, at Limestone and and ended up becoming a free agent to the NFL, and it's now in his fifth year in the National Football League. And so, um, you know, when I was uh, when I came out of college, I was out of a small school and, and was ended up becoming a free agent after being a three-time All-American. That's just how it works. And and I, I was at a small school and didn't get a chance. And, and you know, one coach gave me an opportunity. And I think when you're at this level, you you have that opportunity as a coach to make that one impact in a kid. And um, and so when Vincent uh, made it to the league and all that, just kind of those emotions and just watching him and being so excited that you had an opportunity to make that impact to, to allow a kid to live a dream, I think that's Division Two football. Uh, not everybody here is going to go to play in the National Football League. Everybody here comes because they want to be part of a family and be part of something successful. And uh, and I think that's what's it's coaching in general, but at the D two level it really makes it special to watch these kids. Uh, all of them have been told no, right? I mean, all of them have, to, you can't play division one. You're not big enough for division one. You're not fast enough for division one. And yet you just rush for 140, 150 yards for 11 or 150 times for 1100 yards or whatever it is. Uh, you know, 12 touchdowns, 300 yard games, you know, the football fields a hundred yards long. So, <laughs> you know, and uh so giving these kids a chance and an opportunity to continue to play the game and hopefully allow them to play as long as they can, that's coaching. But I think you get a lot of that at Division II. Yeah. And Trey, maybe uh, elaborate on that a little bit, what makes it special for you. But don't talk too much. We don't have a lot of time, okay? <laughs> people, uh, I'm going to say people, like kids nowadays think like just because it's D2, it's like, it's like a lower standard from D1. But really, it's like only thing different is the O line, D line. It's still people that's D two that could play D one. I feel like, and that's where the misconception comes from. Yeah, yeah, and you got two people sitting right here, and, and me and Bethany that live in and, and breathe D two football for a long time, and completely agree with you there. Uh, we we know that the talents here, um, even uh, even if Bethany thinks it's all in the MIAA, I, we know that it it's across the nation everywhere. <laughs> Uh, so okay that was that was the tough part of the show so we're going to move on to the d2 nation hot seat okay are you ready gentlemen okay bethany get them rolling okay well trey you've got multiple nfl players on your coaching staff so be careful with your answer but what is your favorite nfl team and who is your favorite player of all time um my favorite nfl team right now is san diego chargers (laughs) And my favorite player of all time, uh, Rob Murkowski. 
Okay. You know the Chargers, you know Austin Eckler is D2 football, Western Colorado. Uh, So that's a good team to follow right there. Coach, how about you? Uh, Are you allowed to pick a favorite team having played on multiple teams? Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. (laughs) There you go. Uh, What is the best football movie of all time? Mm. For both of you. Go ahead. (laughs) I don't really watch movies like that. So I'll say Friday Night Lights. It's a good one. That's a real good one. (laughs) That's a good one. I got to go old school. I'm going with the program. Nice. Another good one. Another good one. All right. Trey, what is in your headphones pregame before a game? Uh, Do I say artist or like? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Give us like a playlist. Listen. I listen to R and B. It's like a shuffle. It's like a shuffle of all of my music. <laughs> I have no pregame playlist. Are you are you like are you like mellow tunes? Or are you like pump up tunes? Like what do you what's your approach with your the music that you listen to? Just whatever's the next song. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you, my life. <laughs> Coach, if you could pick the pregame playlist, go into the locker room, put something on the speaker, what would it be? Eminem, one shot. Nice. One opportunity. Nice. That is a good one. Um, Coach, we'll start with you. What's your favorite binge-worthy type television show? You know, like a Netflix or any show that you binge like that. Yeah. uh, Man. Um, Ones that I've watched or something that, obviously, I'm not watching anything right now. Right, right. What Uh, what do you have on deck? What's the next one that you want to watch? How about that? Yeah, I got to find that one out. Um, There's, uh, gosh, boy, you put me on point on that one. Uh, Man. Trey, what about you while he's thinking? Do you have a show? I watched The 100 like probably two times they got like seven seasons <laughs> you've already watched it twice yes <laughs> nice okay i can't believe you don't have anything like ozarks or any of that stuff like me yeah no i uh i usually well you gotta recruit in college <laughs> yeah. you're watching my kids. wife my wife will throw something on and i'll say that's just awesome i can't wait for the next episode but but uh Usually I'm around the phone pretty good right now with uh, with what's going on. But you got to remember, I haven't probably watched Netflix for about seven or eight months since we've gotten over here. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. All right. Yeah. So we'll go, we'll, we'll go with uh, recruiting tapes. You're watching recruiting tapes on binge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, since we just wrapped up uh, Halloween, what is the best candy ever? Mine's Tootsie Roll. I'm, I'm sticking with the Tootsie Roll right now. Reese. I got about three. I said I got Tootsie Rolls. I just stole them from out of the <laughs> nice. You have them right there out, out of the the candy bag we got from last night. No, I think it's Reese's. The pieces or buttercups? Which one or both? Buttercups. buttercups. Nice. That that is the correct <laughs> answer. You try those, try those fast breaks. Those are pretty good. No, just original. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Stick with the original. All right, for both of you. Last question: If you could have one superpower. Uh, would it be to fly or to be invisible? Trey, start with you. Fly. Probably, yeah, fly. You, you get pretty much do now on the football field. <laughs> Coach. Yeah, I'm going with flying too. 
Why do you want to fly? Uh, I just think it means just whenever you want to go, you just go. <laughs> later, I'm out. But, you know, I, we grew up in the Superman era, so. That's true. Superman was big, and that's that's kind of the only, the, the biggest, uh, that, I mean, strength. That, uh, But, uh, yeah, flying would be mine, for sure. You could probably watch multiple recruits a night. One half here, another fly to the next game. Yeah, easy. that's true. That is true. So, all right. Uh, well, that's it. We made it through the hot seat. Uh, congratulations, and and we want to again thank you uh, one more time for joining us. And we're gonna go let you get some rest because we know you do have a lot of work to do. Your season's not done, but uh, thank you so much again for joining us. Well, we really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having us on. I mean, this is this is huge for Limestone University, and and uh, and and the story of what's going on this year. But as you said, we got a lot of work to get done. All right. Well, good luck the rest of the way. And remember, D2 Nation, before we go, we need your support. So give us a follow. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere you want to give a listen. We'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.